This episode of No Filter is brought to you by Rebel Natural. Are you in need of a glow up? How about skin that is silky smooth to the touch? Rebel Natural offers all natural beauty products that contain five ingredients or less. Don't be fooled by filler. Get an all natural body butter and all the things that make your skin say ah. Check Rebel Naturel out today at www.rebelnaturel.com and use offer code KARMA for 10% off your purchase. That's R-E-B-E-L-L-E-N-A-T-U-R-E-L-L-E. Rebel Naturel, where boho vibes meet unconventional beauty. Now, let's start the show. What's up, everybody? It's your girl, Karma Jones, with the sixth episode of No Filter. I am thrilled to be here per usual. Yay! <sighs> you know... Throw it up, throw it up. Watch it all fall out. I just... Shout out to Rihanna. Shout out to Rihanna, man. I've always been a Rihanna fan, but she just keeps doing things that I like. Hey. Hey. She still got money. She doesn't need to do the NFL. She doesn't need to do the Super Bowl. <laughs> she said, I'm good, love, enjoy. That's a real one for you, okay? Because, see, Rihanna was asked to perform at the Super Bowl, the 2019 Super Bowl, and she said no. She said, because guess what? I stand with Colin Kaepernick. I don't like what you're doing over at the NFL. I don't agree with your policies. That's a real one. And if more black people started doing things like that, I think Jay-Z did it the year before. I'm good, love, enjoy. We don't need your dollars. We don't need your blood money. Because if you can't treat our people right, I don't want to be involved. If more celebrities did that, if more black celebrities did stuff like that, use their platforms for good, use their power for good, man, man, <laughs> hey, let them know, Ray. Uh, who cares? I love it. Round of applause for Rihanna, man. Shout out to her. So Meghan Markle is prego. <laughs> She's pregnant. The Duchess of Sussex, that's her new title, y'all, is expecting with hubby Prince Harry with his old cute self, little ginger, little redhead. So there's um, been some increasing tension between Meghan and some of her family members, including Samantha, who is her sister, Child, she was at the Buckingham Palace trying to bang on the door, but she couldn't get through security, honey. They wasn't going to let her through. Um, so she was she showed up and showed out. And, you know, Megan's dad, Thomas Markle, he's been on the same stuff. Like, he didn't go to the wedding. Um, he's just been MIA over the last year. Um, but Megan's sister, Samantha, wants to put everything to rest. She wants to put all of the misunderstandings behind them. Um, because, you know, her sister is entering this new chapter in her life. I personally believe she just wants to get in on a good royal treatment, but that's just me. 
Okay, so she made a statement. She says, everybody just needs to shut the heck up and let this be a great thing for them. Um, I don't know if she gave herself that memo, but that that applies to you too, Samantha. Um, she says, so that, you know, this needs to be a great thing for the world, for them, for the family. That's where she's at. And she told Daily Mail TV that in an interview. She also says, it's so important that everybody put their egos aside. Megan's done some things with my dad. To my dad, but in my heart, I love her and I want her and the baby to do well. I was kind of overwhelmed with emotion when I heard and I just thought I'm letting everything go. It's beautiful and I'm so excited for Harry too. Well, that's nice, Samantha. If you really and truly mean that, that is just really nice of you. But I'm inclined to believe, again, that you just want to be up in the Buckingham Palace because who wouldn't want to be? I don't blame you, sis, but you should have acted right beforehand. You wouldn't be in this mess. But also, who's to say Megan isn't guilty of something, too? There's always two sides to every story. And just because we see Megan in the light we see her in now doesn't mean she hasn't done some dirt. So maybe they can patch it, you know, patch things up. But I want to share with you some details about the royal pregnancy. There are rules that Megan has to follow according to the royal camp. She just has to follow these rules. And here are some of them that I thought were really interesting. One, number one. No wearing your toes out. They don't care how swollen your feet are. You better act like you know where you at. No toes out. You must rock close closed toe. I guess they can be flats maybe, but I feel like they possibly have to be heels. So get ready, Megan. Prince Harry's going to be doing a lot of foot rubbing. No travel throughout the pregnancy. None at all, especially overseas. Overseas is forbidden. But I thought that was kind of funny because we already know that Meghan was in Australia. Meghan and uh, Harry were in Australia when the news broke. So I guess it said she got places to go and people to see. And she's kind of going to, I don't know, is she breaking that rule already? We'll see. The next thing she absolutely cannot do is reveal the gender of the baby prior to the birth. So no gender reveal parties. What y'all won't see from them is pink and blue smoke coming from the Buckingham Palace like y'all do on IG. You're not going to see any of that. And thank God, because I am so over the gender reveal parties. Congratulations to y'all, everyone who's pregnant, everyone who's been pregnant, everyone who's going to be pregnant. But I cannot take not one more gender reveal party. I know it ain't got nothing to do with me, but that's just one of the things that just, I mean, ooh, it just gets on my nerves. No cleavage while pregnant. We don't care how big your boobs get and your boobs will get big. We must not see the cleavage. Okay, that's a no-no. No baby showers. Buckingham Palace uh, believes that to be in bad taste considering they are already filthy rich and they don't need none of y'all gifts. They don't need none of y'all poor people's gifts. So don't bring them nothing. All right? No home births allowed. You must give birth in St. Mary's Hospital in the Lindo Wing. That's how it's always been. And that's what Megan's going to have to do. But just I just keep thinking to myself, how cool would it be for her to give birth at home and then like maybe have Erica Badu as their doula? Because you know Erica Badu does shit like that. Like she really is a doula. She delivers babies. 
And you know, Megan and Harry are so like incredibly immersed in pop culture that I can totally see Erica Badu delivering their baby and it being a big thing. Makes sense to me. But I guess that's forbidden. So we're going to give birth at St. Mary's. Number seven, you must be prepared for the photo op, Megan. The photos are traditionally taken on the steps of the hospital at St. Mary's. And that's just the way that the royal family feels that they connect with the public at such a, at such a happy time. So as soon as you come out with that baby, as soon as you pop it out, you got to be ready to take a picture. And last but not least, tell the queen. You have to tell the queen. When a royal baby is born, the queen must be notified first and must learn all the details of the royal baby before any information goes public. So she needs to know what the hair looks like. She needs to know what the eyes look like, what color the eyes are. Is the baby's hair curly? Do they have all their fingers? She needs to know how long the baby is. She needs to get a full write-up before y'all let anybody know anything. And please note, if the baby is born before 8 a.m., don't wake her up. The queen said, no, ma'am, do not wake me. The queen is that bitch, by the way. Like, she's 92. She's been a boss the majority of her life. (laughs) She drives around the UK in a Land Rover with no driver's license. And she drinks four cocktails a day. Iconic. Let's actually talk about the cocktails that the queen drinks each day. Because I just think it's the best thing I've ever heard. So, let me tell you. Her first drink... Um, is enjoyed shortly before lunch. It is a gin and Dubonnet with a slice of lemon and a lot of ice. And any broad that can drink gin, that's a trooper. So I got to give it to her. And before noon, wow. So, you know, that's classy and it's posh and it's powerful. Then during lunch, she'll have a piece of chocolate and a glass of wine at the end of her meal. Then also at lunch, she drinks a dry gin martini. So basically she's had three drinks by 1 p.m. So it's lit, it's day drinking, it's brunch, it's all of that, right? And her final drink, it doesn't come until she goes to sleep, till she you know lays her head down on her luxurious pillows and linens, and she has a glass of champagne. So I just think that's so, I mean, iconic. It's going down in history books. Cheers to Queen Elizabeth. So back to Meghan and Harry. What a just what a time to be alive when a half black baby is going to be born to the royals. Just wow. Meghan has secured the bag of the century, and I have to say, she looks very happy. And so does Harry. So more power to them. I love them together. Many blessings. And just I hope they flourish. So, y'all, Orlando Brown is going to rehab. Thank you, Black Jesus. I mean, thank you. Some of you may know Orlando Brown from That's So Raven. Um, I don't know what else he's been in, but I do know he's been all over the Internet wilding for the past few years. And he has consistently been going downhill. And honestly, it's been sad to watch. Um, Let me find a clip for an interview that he's done. Here we go. They lie. I ate her pussy. Okay. That's what we had thought. People have been saying it. And most of the people had thought that's what the... I had the... Nam case. I went inside the land of the man. 
that wants to go inside if he can, but couldn't do it, man, but I did. I said I could do it, and I can. Oh, <laughs> Imagine that as the clit, man. See, we're going to take it to another level. Fuck it, let's go. It's like this. You know, you know, you have to hold it, you flip it, and it comes on you. <laughs> Legs this way. You yeah, so that's Orlando talking about Raven Simone and all of the things that he did with her, I guess. You can't see the video, but he looks out of it. He's clearly high. He's clearly in bad shape. And um, people have been laughing from afar, you know, but the truth is it's not funny. For us, it's entertainment, but this is his actual real life. And that's the scary part. So Orlando's friend, Danny Boy, he's the owner of a Vegas restaurant um, that Orlando Brown actually broke into a month ago. He reached out to Wendy Wheaton and Tommy Red and their Hollywood producers with contacts in the rehab world. And so the plan was to get Orlando some help in August. However, those plans were canceled after he was arrested early in September for breaking into the restaurant. So um, when Orlando was released, he just went to, you know, went on MIA for weeks. Nobody could find him. Nobody knew where he was. Um, and so last Sunday, the cops were called to a San, a San Fernando Valley hotel after he just went crazy. And so he was so bad off his friends had to actually wait a few days to stage the intervention because they just could not like actually get to him. <clears throat> and so he's going to rehab to get help for his mental health and his substance abuse issues. So I just want to say kudos to his friends. I wish Orlando would take Cat Williams, Chris Brown, and a lot of them with him. Okay, and shout out to Orlando's friends again for just like, Stepping up because so many people would just sit there and let their friends just spiral down a black hole because they're, you know, they have money or they're famous or they get to hang out with a celebrity. A lot of yes men. And that's not what people need. That's not what real friends are. So I just hope he gets the help he needs, man, because it's been dark for a long time for him. All right. I'm so excited because whew, Red Table Talks are back. October 22nd, get ready to get your life once again with Miss Jada Pinkett Smith and the family. Honestly, I was really sad when I realized they were only doing a few episodes and then they were going to disappear for a while. And that's exactly what social media does to you. Like it makes you impatient, but I can't lie. I was going back to Facebook every week, checking the Facebook page, refreshing my browser. Like there has to be more. Give me more Red Table Talks. Um... And so we're finally getting them. And I'm so excited about the decision to bring Will to the table. So on his episode that he's going to be on, which I feel like is the first episode back, um, he's going to be talking about turning 50. You know, he just jumped out of an airplane and all that stuff for his birthday. So, you know, he's just living his best life. His IG tells it all. Make sure you follow him on Instagram. But something tells me him and Jada are going to really dive deep into their relationship and they're probably going to be telling a lot of their business, which I'm here for. I'm ready because I'm nosy because um, I find their their relationship to be very interesting. Um, they've been married for 20 years, so I'm sure they've had their share of ups and downs. 
Um, but listen to this clip from the upcoming show. There was a period where mommy woke up and cried 45 days straight. I started keeping a diary. Damn. You missed some days. <laughs> it was every morning. I think that's the worst I've ever felt in our marriage. Wow. I was failing miserably. Mm-hmm. Will Smith laying it all out there about his... So, yeah, that's a clip from this show. Um, and who is group who is group meing me right now? I know y'all heard the um the notifications. My bad. Can y'all stop don't y'all hate group me's? Cause people just never know when to stop sending messages in group me's. I have to silence that um group. But anyway, so I wanna talk about their relationship a little bit um will and jada because their relationship has been the center of many dialogues many conversations for a while now um because of one particular quote that jada um made a while back and for the record uh will and jada call themselves their their life partners now they're not husband and wife they're not married they're life partners And so Jada kind of talks about why she says that, why she calls um, Will her life partner. She said, I needed a different form to dissolve all the expectations that I had of a marriage. She said, I needed to do that to see Will outside of husband and see him as a human being. And so there were rumors swirling a while back. I know y'all probably remember that Will and Jada were swingers and all of that. And that stems from this particular quote that she gave HuffPost Live. She says, I've always, I've always told Will, you can do whatever you want as long as you can look at yourself in the mirror and be okay. Because at the end of the day, Will is his own man. I'm here as his partner, but he is his own man. He has to decide who he wants to be. And that's not for me to do for him or vice versa. So... She kind of had to clear that up because people was like, oh, so y'all just do whatever y'all want over there. Okay, so y'all swinging. Y'all got an open relationship. What's up? And so she says the statement I made in regards to Will can do whatever he want has illuminated the need to discuss the relationship between trust and love and how they coexist. She says, do we believe loving someone means owning them? Do we believe that owning ownership is the reason someone should behave? Do we believe that all the expectations, conditions, and underlying threats of you better act right or else keep one honest and true? So basically, she wants to know what does love look like for people? Um, What of trust and love? She goes on to say, should we be married to individuals who cannot be responsible for themselves and their families within their own freedom? Should we be in in relationships with individuals who cannot entrust to their own values, integrity, and love for us? Here is how I will change my statement. Will and I both can do whatever we want because we trust each other to do so. This does not mean we have an open relationship. This means we have a grown one. Bloop. (laughs) Okay, then. Well, I respect that, Jada. And at the end of the day, it's their business. They have a right to do whatever they want within their marriage. I salute them. Because like she said, there are expectations around what marriage should look like. And it doesn't look the same for everybody. And I think that's hard for some people to accept. 
Um, for example, when Monique said she and her husband had an open marriage, um, everybody went into a tizzy. Her and her husband, Sydney, who have been together for, I feel like, about 33 years now, did initially have an open relationship. Um, because Monique wanted to keep having sex with her old work. <laughs> It may be even some new work. She made the money. She felt that she could make the rules. And that's just what it is. You know, that's how she felt. But things for them have changed. And the truth is they, they've gotten older, more mature. And there ain't a whole lot of slinging going on, you know, with three kids and other things happening. You know, people trying to blacklist you. You got a whole nother set of problems. They ain't probably not thinking about no open relationship right now. But then again, even if they are, that is their prerogative. I personally do think Will and Jada have an open relationship, but I think they're just too famous to like put it all out there like, you know, like that and let the cat cat out of the bag. But Jada just seems like too much of a free spirit. And is it just me or is she still in love with Tupac? (laughs) So I know if she love a man who ain't even here no more like that, she can certainly love another man who's walking around in Hollywood somewhere with the same passion. I mean, I'm just saying, I don't know. But kudos to Will and Jada. I can't wait to watch the whole entire new season of Red Table Talks. You can find it on Facebook. Y'all ready? Let's talk Brittany Renner. Who is she? She's an IG model. You know, those are the celebrities these days. IG models and possibly a porn star. Not sure. Not quite sure about that. I think she just dropped a, a video. I don't know. That's what the streets was saying. So she's gearing up to release a new book, or maybe she's already released it. And the book um, is a tale of seven men and seven real-life lessons she learned dealing with them. So the book is called Judge This Cover, and it's her on the front cover, naked, holding an apple. So I guess she's supposed to be Eve. I don't know. But anyway, in this book, one of the men that she claims she slept with is none other than Colin Kaepernick. And so although she did use code names, people quickly realized who she was talking about because, you know, people on the Internet, I feel like most of black Twitter should actually work for the FBI because the data mining, the research, the analytical skills, I mean, they're a one. I don't know how y'all do it, but thank you. So in the book, these are the code names deciphered. Evan, a.k.a. flag on the play, is Colin Kaepernick. Leon, a.k.a. Soul Tie with the Songbird, is Trey Songs. Ivan, a.k.a. Use Your Head, is Tyga. Solomon, a.k.a. Malpractice. <laughs> is Chris Brown. Hector, a.k.a. Dancing with the Devil, is none other than Little Uzi Vert, Mr. 666 himself. Seth, a.k.a. Finding Oz, is Casey Theriault. I don't know who the hell that is. I think it's another football player. Anyway, this lineup is so, like, yes, clearly all of these people would be in this lineup. Like, it's just so predictable. It just makes sense. Of course, Trey Songz is in this lineup. Of course, Tyga is in this lineup. Of course, Chris Brown is in this lineup. It just makes sense. I will say I was not expecting little Uzi Vert to be in this lineup. It doesn't even, like, who even can view him as a sexual person? He just seems like just this cute little boy who likes to dance, get high, possibly depressed, has a lot of tattoos on his face, and pops in. You know, the young generation 
who I personally don't care for in rap. Um, but who would just, who would, da- who's dating Lil Uzi Vert? Or sexing him, rather, but to each his own. So back in 2014, um, I, so I, I went back, y'all. I went, I went far back and found an old post from Baller Alert um, claiming that Colin Kaepernick has slid into Britney's DMs. So anyway, fast forward to 2018, and she done told people that Colin made her pay her own way to fly out and see him. So according to BET.com, a source says that she was kept his she was his best kept secret. He hit her away like a community whore while she actually stayed with him for days and made his bed. He gave her forehead kisses and left for practice. <laughs> Colin, you out here giving women forehead kisses. I don't even want to look at you like that because you're supposed to be our black power prince. Like, I can't even look at you like that. But ouch community whore hit her away like a community whore wow i just can't for the life of me understand why these ig women want everyone to know their business so bad what happened to wanting to be an undercover hoe like and i personally feel women should be able to sleep with who they want because men clearly don't face the same kind of public ridicule when they have multiple partners but why do you want the world to know about the ales you took you're going to tell us you pay for your own flights? Like, why? Why are you going to tell us this stuff? Why are you going to tell us how men played you? Keep that to yourself, sis. So in the back of the book, she writes, Judge This Cover is a tale of seven men and seven lessons on true events. This is my heart in book form that I am not afraid or ashamed to share with you. I have been here before. I'm just trying to remember who I am. Okay, I don't even know what that means. I'm trying to remember who you are with this book. Like, anyway, this book is the beginning of my liberation, and hopefully, it will be for you too. Let your truth and freedom ring. Okay, I mean, you're real patriotic, I guess. Um, and I guess this is supposed to be Superhead Volume Two. I'm not sure what's going on right now, so yeah good luck girl kudos y'all go check out her book but i just had to i wanted to report on that obviously because colin kaepernick is just like really wow so i don't know how many of you have been watching state of the culture but it's a new show brought to us by joe budden and revolt and rapper remy ma regularly appears on the show as a co-host and her opinions on more than one occasion have caught her some heat via social media and elsewhere Her last unpopular opinion was about Bill Cosby and his innocence. This week, she shares that she has no problem with non-white people saying the N-word. That's right, nigger, nigger. Any variation of the word. This all came from um, the fact that Little Xan was seen using or heard using the N-word. And so, of course, it sparked a debate. Um, You know, who can use the N-word and who can't? And so this is what Remy had to say about it. Caught on video saying uh, the N-word. We caught that nigga. White and Hispanic people saying the word nigga. Some people are okay with it. Some people are not. On mine, I'm not okay with it. This isn't going to be the show we decide the future of nigga, nigger, N-words. But bro, someone might. I've seen where black people use it 
as a racial slur. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't bother me when somebody like a little Zan or anybody just walking up and like, yo, nigga, what's up, yo, we was over there, and they talking like that. I'm okay with that. If you're against the world, you have to be against the world all the way around the why world. Why can't because, some things just be for us? Because that's prejudice. That's why. When it All right. Now, Remy. I know you want to be seen as thinking outside of the box so bad. But this ain't it. This is not the way to go. I am so sick of black people opening up the cookout and everything else within our culture for non-black people to come in and take a sample of when they damn well please. This is not a buffet. We are not open for business. If you are not black, you don't get to say the word, period. If black people feel other black people shouldn't use the word, that's something we get to talk about at our own table, at our own cookout. But this is a conversation that white people and Latinos, for that matter, yes, Fat Joe, you too, are not invited to. Some things are for us and us only. Fubu, nigga. I mean, why is that so hard for people to understand? Some things are just for us. It's okay to create boundaries, black people. We can create boundaries. People, other people do it all the time. Some things are not for everybody. And I'm not going to stop saying nigga. I'm just not. But I know that when I use it in my circle, that is a term of endearment. And that's just is what it is. That's what it's evolved into. Whatever the meaning, however it started, this is what it has evolved into for us in the black community. For many of us in the black community. Because I understand we're not all a monolith. All of us don't find that word to be favorable. But many of us do. When it comes from a white person, it's not the same. I don't care how it was said. I don't care if it was said in a cool hip hop accent, whatever. Don't say that word to me. Why as a white person would you even want to say the word? Why do you want to say it? It's not yours. So Remy, girl, girl, that's all I can say. Speaking of rappers who be wildin', let's talk T.I. He has a new album out called Dime Trap. How appropriate, right? Don't know what the dime is about, but we know that wherever T.I. is, the trap is. Right there with him. I don't know. Maybe he's talking about Dime Bag, maybe. I don't know. Anyway, this song that's playing right now is called Hefe. Featuring Meek. I like it. Hey. Anyways, the Kang recently re- released a clip of a video in which he appears to be in the Oval Office of the White House with the naked Melania Trump dancing on his desk. And now, a spokesperson for Melania is calling for a boycott of T.I. and his album, which ain't gonna happen. We're not doing that, girl. I don't even know why you thought that could possibly happen in this lifetime. We're not gonna boycott him for this. So in the video, which T.I. shared on Twitter with the caption, Dear 45, I ain't Kanye. So a woman resembling the first lady enters the Oval Office dressed only in heels and a jacket that reads, I really don't care, do you? So this is a reference to the controversial jacket that uh, Ms. Trump wore earlier in the year during a visit 
with migrant children in Texas. And that was just the stupidest thing. Like, it's like, how tone deaf can you be? So in response to the video, the spokesperson for Melania, uh, Stephanie Grisham tweeted, how is this acceptable? Hashtag disgusting, hashtag boycott TI. And I say to Stephanie, hashtag no. Hashtag not gonna happen. Hashtag sit down. (laughs) So the first lady, Melania Trump, of course, agrees with her spokesperson and she tweeted also condemning T.I. and the video. But this video has been viewed more than 1.6 million times on Twitter alone. And so people, of course, are online and they're outraged by the video. I thought it was kind of pushing the limits. Um, But then also, who cares, too? Like, that's all this administration does is push the limits. So whatever, you know? And so let me tell you how the people on Twitter are reacting. David Allen Greer, the comedian, legendary actor, um, in reference to why the actress who was playing Melania, the actress who it was playing Melania is actually getting death threats, by the way, now. Like, she just can't even leave her house. But anyway, people were like, why she got to be naked? Why she, you know, that's so inappropriate. David Allen uh, Greer tweeted, isn't that what she used to do? So that was just nothing but shade, you know, saying that she was used to be a stripper or whatever. She used to pose nude. Um, so basically, <laughs> David want to know she been naked. So what's up? Jill Flipovich, I think that's how you pronounce her name. She says, we can oppose Trump, criticize Melania, and not be sexist while doing it. But I also don't want to hear a single Trump supporter crying foul or demanding boycott T.I. until they hold the president to the same standard. Damn right, Jill. Damn right. Michael Andrews on Twitter says, has T.I. ever written a song that was not degrading to women? (laughs) Yeah, he also writes about being in the trap and slanging crack and, you know, a number of other hood-tastic, trap-tastic Atlanta things. So, okay. Jen Arnold says, this is disgusting. You don't deserve to reside in this country. Shame. Like, I can just see, who, Jen, I don't know you. I, you don't even have an Abby. I think you have, like, a dog Abby. I can totally see your face from this tweet. D.L. Hughley, who has no fucks left to give, tweeted, It's crazy that Melania would call for a boycott of T.I. for using a lookalike of her in this video. Mel- Melania was naked, for real. At least the fake Melania had on clothes. Hashtag Team D.L. And so... One person is very upset with T.I. He's a black man. His uh, Twitter name is K-Lo Black. He says, tip, disrespect the first lady, then you go to church on Sunday. Talking about not working with Kanye West like you above him. Nigga, you flowing in the sewer with this disgraceful shit. Hashtag do unto others. (laughs) Flowing in the sewer. Better not be flowing in the sewer, uh, T.I. Because Kalo Black is not having it. So, of course, T.I. is fed up with Kanye, who went to the White House recently and acted a plum fool. And his message to Ye was... And isn't are we calling him Ye these days? Because he wants us to call him Ye again because he's trying to be relatable. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, 
T.I. says to Ye, this is the most repulsive, disgraceful, embarrassing act of desperation and auction off of one soul to gain power I've ever seen. T.I. wrote on Instagram. And at one time, it was a pleasure to work alongside you. Now I'm ashamed to have ever been associated with you, partner. You know, you know, I was giving Kanye a lot of energy for a while, but you know what? I'm done. I'm over this shit. If he's not going to be real with himself, to hell with it. I'm done with those Kardashians. If they aren't going to do an intervention. Oh, that's me. <laughs> Look, that's what actually what I want to say. I'm just added on. <laughs> but I'm with T.I. on that. Like, I'm like, Kardashians, why don't y'all step in? Like, the man is clearly on another planet. His fans are saying he's not mentally ill, that he's a free thinker. I happen to think it's mental illness and a combination of dumb assness. The Negro doesn't know enough to do things he's trying to do. He thinks his celebrity makes him, you know, his ideas so much better than everybody else. But it just makes things worse because he has a larger platform to spread his bullshit. So today I, too, T.I., officially wipe my hands of Kanye West. And I hope he and Donnie live happily ever after in those stupid ass red hats. Okay, moving on. Cassie and Diddy have split up after 11 years. 11, a whole 11 years, 1-1. One, one. Now, I'd be lying if I say I saw it coming because I didn't. Because from my angle, sis was living her best life. All the shoes, all the bags, all the trips, all the luxuries. But I know money can't buy everything. So there's obviously, you know, there was something missing. Now, I don't know if Cassie just didn't want a ring or if she actually did want one, maybe Diddy didn't want to give it to her. Because let's be real, if you were Diddy, would you marry anybody right now? Hell, would you marry anybody ever? Probably not. Mind you, Diddy has six kids from like all the women. All of them are beautiful. And he has said in an interview, um, I think it was a Breakfast Club interview a while ago, that he wanted to have two more kids with Cassie. So I guess that's not going to happen now. Cassie said, no, ma'am, you're not going to mess up this body, honey, with your foolishness. So whether or not the two are still a couple, um, you know, this isn't, you know, this isn't the first time that they've been through something like this. They've been off and on the entire time they were together. Um, And so let me see. There were some reports a while back, a couple of years ago, where Cassie was spotted flirting with another man at a party. And then there were reports that Puff Daddy wasn't ready to marry marry Cassie, but he was willing to sign a love contract. Now, I wish a, I, I wish a nigga would <laughs> tell me he want to sign a love contract. I rather, just don't, just don't say anything. Just don't just don't give me a ring. Don't say, say anything. We're going to keep playing house because I'm not about to type up a love contract for you to sign. (laughs) The audacity. So they've also had some issues where I guess Diddy felt like Cassie may have been cheating. Um, He got suspicious. He grabbed her phone, started scrolling through. Um, He jumped out of the car with her phone in Beverly Hills. And, you know, Cassie drove off. Cassie mama called the police. Um, Diddy returned the phone. They just had a whole bunch of stuff going on um and so diddy of course he's not innocent 
he was spotted out with other women before, you know. Um, Cassie made an Instagram post following reports that he's been spotted out with other women that said, how I sleep knowing that I'm single and no one is cheating on me. So apparently Diddy had been cheating and the women that he was seen with, maybe he actually was boning them. Who knows? Um, but you know, again, we've seen them in pictures on Instagram, looking happy, holding hands, going to all the places with each other. So what what it seems like to me is they just had a very on again, off again, turbulent, passionate relationship. And maybe they're, you know, ready to call it quits. <clears throat> did he also mention that Cassie did have some questions for him after he was spotted with J-Lo, who was his old boo, at the 2015 American uh, Music Awards. So women, I just have to say, when you get these rich and famous men, you also have to decide whether or not you want to deal with an inevitable bullshit that comes along with it. Men like Diddy are often egotistical, self-centered, sometimes abusive. Not saying he was abusive to Cassie. I don't know that. I don't have any evidence of that at all. That's not what I'm saying. But these men are, you know, are sometimes abusive. They're cheaters. Any number of things. So the grass often looks greener when you're not in these women's shoes, right? It looks great. Like, oh, Cassie's living her best life. But a lot of these women are sacrificing to live the lives that they live. And maybe Cassie just got tired of sacrificing. Maybe she was just tired of of giving her all to a situation she felt like she wasn't getting anything out of it. And I know a lot of people are online saying, oh, Cassie's stupid for staying with him for that long. Maybe she didn't want a ring. You know, there are women out there who legitimately don't want to be married and that's fine. That's cool. So according to People Magazine, the decision to split was amicable. And Diddy and Cassie are still friends. They say Cassie is going to focus on her music career and her acting career. Okay. I, 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 did, I don't know about either one of those things, <laughs> the music or the acting, but I'm going to wish her the best. I think she would be very successful at a modeling career, very successful. But Cassie, I will say, I, all I know is you better have bags on top of bags on top of bags secured and in the bank. Because one thing I hate about women that get into these situations is that many of them leave broke. Houseway, when you're dating these men, you're supposed to flip the money and make that shit count. One good example of that, by the way, is Miss Shawnee O'Neal. She has flipped that bag multiple times. I mean, she is doing gymnastics with those bags, okay? And has set herself up to be the boss bitch that she is. So kudos to her. And we also need to remember that Diddy's like, what, 48 and Cassie's 32. So she has hella good years ahead of her and enough time to do what she wants and who she wants. So let's not feel too sorry for her. But um, who knows? Maybe they'll get back together soon. But I don't see. I think Cassie's ready to leave. And I think Diddy's ready to conquer some other beautiful woman for the next decade or so. Let's talk Cardi B. That's my girl. Hey, Cardi. Y'all better stop trying to take pictures of her kids or else. Or her kids. She only has one. 
because she's not with the shits. She's not going to tell y'all too many more times to leave her and her family alone. She is so hood, man. I love her. But baby, that hood is not wearing off at all. Like, I don't care how many gowns she wears, how many high-class events she goes to. She is serving us Bronx bodega realness. And that's all we're going to get from her. That's all she plans on giving us. But I feel her on the kid thing. Some, you know, some celeb parents don't want to share their kids. And some, on the other hand, can't wait to sell their photos to People Magazine. There's two different kind of parents. Personally, I'm dying to see baby culture. But I understand the need to do things when, you know, she feels like it's the right time. I mean, we haven't seen Kerry Washington's children and she has kids. We, I don't think I've ever seen a picture of her children. So it's totally possible to do in Hollywood. It's totally possible to have that private life, but you have to work super hard to do it. And of course, these are just growing pains for Cardi. Like she is not used to being a celebrity. You would think she would be by now, but she's not. She spent the majority of her life in the hood. And this is just year one in Hollywood. So um, she's still going to be doing hood rat things with a hood rat friends. Okay. But Cardi says she's had to hire a private investigator because she's been getting death threats against her baby. So it makes sense as to why they're being so cautious because people are sick. Like, why are you making death threats against a child, a t- uh, an infant? That is so like, ill. <clears throat> but anyways, before I get into the other foolishness, I have to say I am very proud of her for her performances at the AMAs and the BET Hip Hop Awards. I don't know what happened, but she's now doing choreography She got shit going on in the background, fireworks, flips, and she's giving us stage presence. I am so happy because I was worried there for a second. Being, you know, being a Cardi stan is hella stressful because she's so unpredictable. Like, I never know what she's going to do and what I'm going to have to say in her defense. And this is exactly why I have to stand Beyonce at the same time so I can have balance and I can have a peace of mind because it's hella easy to stand for Beyonce. She keeps her mouth closed and she dances and sings and she does good work in the community. And she wears beautiful bodysuits and gowns and shit. Thank you, B. Thank you. Because, <laughs> woo, Cardi be having me stressed, honey. Anyway, rumor has it that Fran Dresser would love for Cardi to play her daughter in the reboot of the 90s sitcom The Nanny. And I'm just so here for this. Um, And it's just such a good idea because it just makes sense. Typically, I hate 90s reboot ideas. But this, this is like, this is it. This is it. So according to People Magazine, Fran is following through with her idea to work with Cardi on a potential reboot of her 90s sitcom, The Nanny. And she revealed that to Extra TV on uh, October 15th. And she says, I am talking to her representation. This is what Fran says regarding Cardi. She said, I'm talking to her representation. It's really getting me excited. It's fresh and could be super fun. And so Fran Dresser is 61 years old now. Um, but she still looks bomb.com. She's always been a baddie. Um, 
So I'm just really excited about this because Cardi loves Fran. She pays um, homage to her with some of her, um, the way that she dresses, you know, because Fran Dresser has an iconic style, iconic fashion sense. So, and Cardi does too, to be quite honest. Y'all will give her that. She is a fashionista and there's nothing you can do about it. She makes the girls gag every time. So Fran says about Cardi, she's got a funny voice too. I think that is just so cute because both of them have some funny voices. But we love them, right? That's that's why we love them. Um, and by the way, the nanny is celebrating its 25th anniversary. So th- that's why all these talks of the nanny um, are happening. In other Cardi news, she went on Instagram Live like she likes to do and just started talking crazy. And I was like, this is one of those moments where standing her was just so hard because I was like, I don't know how to even explain this. I don't even know what to say to, uh, you know, to the Cardi haters in response to this. Um, let me see if I can find the clip. All of them niggas tatting my knee. Wanna know why? Because I got that type of pussy. Warm pussy. Warm. Shit feels like a fat bitch pussy. You know, fat bitches got warm, nice pussy too. That's what I got. I got fat bitch pussy. Cause fat bitches got the warmest pussy. That's what I got. Cardi B. Fat bitch pussy. (laughs) Like, how do I explain this to someone? Like, what? Then she goes on to say, that's why I'm so cocky. Sometimes I look in the mirror and I look fucked up and then I say, that's okay. Because I got good pussy. Where that nigga going? Nowhere. Not with this good ass pussy, not with this mouth, wet ass mouth, deep throat. Bet your bitch can't do that. Bet these bad bitches can't do that. (laughs) Now, I don't know if Cardi was drunk or high or what, but ma'am, ma'am. No, ma'am. First things first. Since when does good vagina keep men from cheating? Never in the history. Shit, it didn't keep your man from cheating. And it pains me to say that as a Cardi stand, but let's be 100. Let's keep it a buck. And if you do happen to have that kind of vagina that makes you immune to getting cheated on, you need to get a patent on that ASAP and get a mold made out of it or something. We need scientists to get a hold of it stat because we got some work to do in the community. Got to make the world a better place. Salvaging relationships all over the world. That's what you have to do. I just... Cardi, you're so young and dumb. And I say that with love. But you have got to be kidding me, sis. Don't get on IG Live no more saying no dumb shit like that. Because it's not true. And I hope you and Offset can hold it together over there. But I can tell you without a doubt that your vagina... Won't be the thing to keep it together. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Moving on. I want to talk about Kobe Bryant. And I know that's so random, but Kobe has been removed from the jury of an upcoming film festival at the behest of a change.org petition. 
behest. That means on behalf of or because of a change.org petition that said the former NBA star should not be involved due to the 2003 rape allegation made against him. And this is according to Variety magazine. And so, you know, at the time, you guys remember, uh, he was in a hotel. Uh, a woman said that he, you know, raped her. He said it was consensual. She said it wasn't, you know, and things went on from there. So, um, you know, Kobe has since moved on with his life. His wife is still with him. He has a nice family. He's retired and all that good stuff. Um, and so he has won an Academy Award for an animated short film called Dear Basketball. Um, and so, you know, he's been doing some creative things. But now these people are trying to take away his accolades. Um, so he can't come. He can't go to the film uh, festival. And I'm trying to find a quote here. Let me see a quote from the organization. Oh, here we go. It says, after discussions with the various stakeholders of Animation is Film, the decision has been made to remove Kobe Bryant from the 2018 jury. We are a young organization, and it is important to keep our collective energies focused on the films, the participating filmmakers, and our festival attendees. So basically, that's their way of saying we don't want no smoke. We don't want no bad press. So, Kobe, you got to go. And so you guys know this case never went to trial. Um, you know, Kobe's uh, alleged victim refused to cooperate and, you know, basically was settled out of court. And so Kobe actually apologized after the case was dropped. And he says, basically, first he wanted to apologize directly to the woman involved in the incident. Um, he wanted to apologize for his behavior that night and for the consequences she has suffered in the past year. He said, you know, the year has been incredibly difficult for him too. He says he wants to make it clear that he does not question the motives, no motives of the young woman. No money has been paid to her. She has agreed that this statement will not be used against me in the civil case. Um, although I truly believe this encounter between us was consensual, I recognize now that she did not and does not view this incident the same way I did. And so that's basically him taking responsibility and um, I guess really wanted to move forward. Now, I honestly feel a way about this whole thing. Um, now, I totally support the Me Too movement. I get believe all women. I get that sentiment. But I think we walk a fine line that no one is really willing to discuss when it comes to these movements. I think we leave out the fact that everything isn't always as black and white as they may seem. And I know we want to get to, you know, the point or get across the message, the need to believe victims of rape and assault because they so often get pushback. And most times perpetrators are not prosecuted and things get swept under the rug. But we have to take these incidents on a case by case basis. You know, for example, the story out of New York in which Teresa Klein, who has now been dubbed Cornerstone Caroline, um, you know, she accused Jason Littlejohn, a nine year old little boy, a nine year old little boy. Um, I'm sorry, the, the nine year old's name is Jeremiah Harvey. Jason Littlejohn is a person who posted it to Facebook. She accused him of sexual assault. 
Now, mind you, they're in a corner store. They're in New York. It's tight. It's in a tight space. The young man, Jeremiah, is coming out and his book bag brushes against her on his way out of the store with his damn mama behind him. Okay? So, my thing is, if there had not been a tape, if we didn't have surveillance, it would have been her word against his. And that is scary. That is when believe all women can become dangerous. I'm aware of how sensitive this topic is. I'm aware of rape culture. I get that, like I said, most of the time these men are not held accountable or women because women can rape and sexually assault as well. Um, But I just think it gets dangerous when we just flat out say that we have to believe every accusation that comes against the man that's um, having to do with rape or sexual assault because, and it's hard because it's like, if you're trying to prove a rape that happened 20 years ago, how do you even prove that? You know, if it did happen, how do you prove that? How can you prove that? Um, How can you get justice? So this is just a tricky topic all around, but I hate that people are trying to make it seem like it's so like black and white because it just isn't. I think in Kobe's case, there are some blurred lines that people aren't ready or willing to talk about. But I do know the woman refused to cooperate with police and I do know she wasn't paid any money. I think rescinding Kobe's invite to the film festival is just a bit overboard. So I don't know. You guys can comment and tell me what you think about that. So I'm so excited, guys. Mmm. Solange, girl. <laughs> We're finally getting new music. Hey, in the air. This fall. Hey, with my hair. Credit card below. Oh, ladies. Y'all remember this? Uh, she changed the game. Because this is a song that you just sing in the shower and you just cry. You just, <laughs> you just be so stressed out. Like, yes, I did use my credit card to keep myself busy. So dizzy. But anyway, I cannot even describe how happy I am. I am so excited that Solange is getting her just due. Her last album was phenomenal, A Seat at the Table. She gave us blackness. She gave us New Orleans. She gave us, you know, calmness, restoration, and all of that. Myself, along with 95% of the other black girls in the world, played this album till we couldn't play it no more. It was, it was just that good. And so Solange says her new album will be a mix of things, but I was thrilled to hear the words jazz coming out of her mouth. There's a lot of jazz at the core, she says, but with electronic and hip hop drum and bass because I want it to bang and make your trunk rattle. She's so damn Texas. (laughs) Like the record will be warm, she says, fluid and more sensual than the last one. But she says she, you know, she hasn't given us a date yet because she says I have this fear living in my body about releasing work. I don't know any artist that doesn't feel that before they hit the send button. Um, And she says, there are people before me who have done the work. 
Uh, Grace Jones did performance art and navigated between those worlds decades before I was even a thought. So yes to her for paying homage to the greats before her and yes to her for living in her creative ability. Um, for a while she was just, I feel like in the shadow of Beyonce, all the, all the, you know, glitz and glamour that is Beyonce, but she is talented in her own right in so many ways. So I'm glad people are recognizing that and that she's just getting so much love. So I can't wait for her new album. So guys, I'm going to skip right to the uh, Karma's Corner this week. Um, I'm going to skip over Shadier Room and... Um, don't act like you forgot. If you haven't noticed, I do those whenever I feel like it. Forgive me. So I don't feel like it this week. <laughs> but I always, always have to end the show with Karma's Corner because it's just a great way to end. And this week's Karma's Corner is about growth. And I want to let you know that growth doesn't always feel good. It's a process. It's late nights. It's cry sessions in the car. Is yelling fuck behind the steering wheel in the car in a parking lot by yourself. It's therapy. It's crying in the shower. It's uncomfortable talks and doing things that you don't want to do. Growing pains are just that. They're painful. But I am almost certain that we'll be better for it. Actually, I'm damn certain that we'll be better for it. Please, I'm begging you, don't stop growing. Even if it hurts y'all. All All right. So this has been another fun, wonderful, exciting episode of No Filter. I want to thank you guys for listening. I appreciate you. If you want to talk to me, if you have questions, comments for me, um, I have no problem sharing them on the show. Email me at nofilter101. I'm sorry, nofilterpodcast101 at gmail.com. Dot com and I will get back to you. You can find me on social media at Karma Jones. That's K-A-R-M-A-J-O-N-E-Z. Until next time, y'all. Peace out. <laughs>